Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I am here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. You ready? Thanks for tuning in to the sixth episode on June 16th, 2020. We are talking about Dracaena today. If you want to see more from Houseplant Homebody, you can find me at Houseplant Homebody on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube. Or visit my website where you can find all of those links at www.houseplant-homebody.com. Also, join me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts and YouTube episodes, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Let's dive in. Dracaena are the most diverse, beautiful, and sometimes crazy growing plants out there. They're commonly known as dragon plant, corn plant, mass cane, or even rainbow plant, and they originate from tropical Africa or Madagascar. They're from the asparagus family, and there are other plants like, obviously, asparagus, yucca, agave, hosta, hyacinth, lily of the valley, all in that same family. And there are several different kinds of Dracaena out there that look so different. That's why I said diverse. I'm going to go over briefly the different foliage types that might be happening. But the specific names of the varieties will be on my website, houseplant-homebody.com, if you want to check it out. I also have some of the common cultivar names. I also want to clarify right away that I recorded a Sansevieria podcast as my first podcast, and right after I recorded that, they were actually reclassified as Dracaena. So, some of the facts I'll be talking about include a little bit of the Sansevieria, but if you want to learn about that variety of Dracaena, because it's not Sansevieria anymore, it's Dracaena, (laughs) you can go to the first podcast. I have a lot of detailed information there. And you may be wondering why the Sansevieria was reclassified or what made the horticultural world decide to reclassify it. So I was looking online as well and I found on houseplantguru.com, they state when taxonomists first gave names to plants, they put plants together by their looks, their flower parts, what looked like other plants' flowers, and so on. Now taxonomists are testing plants through DNA sequencing. So they realized that the Sansevieria is actually much more closely related to a Dracaena than being in its own category of a Sansevieria. So that is why it was reclassified. So kind of the different leaf types that Dracaena can have are a few. So obviously the snake plant Sansevieria has a very thick leaf, not really as flexible and pliable as a normal leaf would be. They're very, very thick, hold a lot of water, considered more of almost like succulent quality leaves. Then you have leaves that are about the same width as a snake plant leaf, but they're just thinner. And those are more of your mass cane and your corn plants. Whereas the dragon plant and the rainbow plant, well, let me back up. I want to explain that all of those common names I just said are all forms of Dracaena, but those two usually have a thinner leaf like not as wide and definitely not as thick as the snake plant's leaves either. They come in so many different textures. Again, I emphasize diverse. It's crazy. You can find it at almost any houseplant shop or even big box store you shop at. They will have these in some form of another. 
Most of the time you'll find Dracaena marginata, which is a thinner leaf that typically either has a plain green foliage or there is a tricolor or bicolor that usually has a, let's see, usually has like a pink or a red variegated stripe. So those are really common. The other really common ones are the commonly known mass cane or corn plant. They have the really thick leaves. You see them with really, really thick stalks that are called canes, hence the mass cane. And those are really, really pretty as well. So again, all over the board, so many different varieties. If you want more in-depth explanations and name varieties and whatnot, go to my website. I'll have it there. I'll just list off a couple of the cultivars that you might be finding, especially if you're shopping online for plants too. You're going to find bicolor, tricolor, I mentioned that one already, Janet Craig, Massengiana, Lemon Lime, Song of India, Laurentii, which is a type of snake plant, and much more. But those are just very, very common that I even remember off the top of my head, they're so common. <laughs> And when I worked at the garden center and ordered the tropicals for the greenhouses, it was very easy to get Dracaena because it's always a lot easier to get foliage plants over flowering plants. Even though these are very common to find just about anywhere you go, that does not diminish the beauty that they have and how much you can actually collect these guys. There's so many different varieties out there. You could have a house filled with Dracaena and still not find all the varieties. All right, so next I want to move into talking about the Dracaena as a landscape plant a little bit, and then we'll go into sun and water requirements as a house plant. So Dracaena as a landscape plant can live in hardiness zones of 9 to 11. They do need a little bit of shade if you are putting it out in your landscape. They don't like direct sunlight. It can burn them a bit but they come in so many different types of mature sizes, colors, and shapes. Honestly, just like the houseplant, you can fit it into your landscape however you need to. They do prefer a little bit richer soils, so if you're adding a compost, that will actually help them thrive a little bit better. These plants rarely flower. If they do flower, the flower stalks can get up to three feet. So, for example, the snake plant I know does flower with a white flower, and I've seen it before. So that one I think is a little bit more common, whereas like the Dracaena marginata doesn't flower as much. And it can take years for them to flower or even get to that point. I actually did find an article about a Dracaena called Dracaena fragrance that has a very sweet fragrant smelling bloom that you can smell from over 100 feet away and that is really the only website I found that included a little bit more information about this plant as a landscape plant. It's not very commonly used. You see it a lot more as house plants than you do a landscape plant. It's that reason because they don't tolerate cold basically at all so hence the hardiness zone 9 to 11 but it doesn't have really any fluctuation with the hardiness zones that it's allowed to be in. You can also fertilize these as a landscape plant as well. It will help them encourage new growth and thicker, fuller growth, and you can do that regularly. Okay, so let's move on to talking about the Dracaena as a house plant, which is why probably all of you are here. <laughs> I want to put out the disclaimer that I think I've killed more of these than I have kept them alive. So I did a lot of research 
before I started talking about this. I have been able to keep one alive very well and I believe it's because it's always been in the correct amount of sun and the rest of them I kind of neglected. So I'll talk about it more later. But let's talk about the sun requirements of the Dracaena as a houseplant. It does tolerate lower light, but it does its best, literally its best, in bright light. So if you can avoid lower light situations, I would. They're going to thin out more, you're going to lose the leaves more, and it's just not going to look as good. So if you have a bright area that it can be in, make sure it goes there. My future mother-in-law actually has one in an east-facing window, and it's thriving. My fiancé said it's been around forever. Like, he doesn't even know when it got in the house, but it's been around since he's been a little kid. And it has so many new stalks, and it's winding and twisting all over the place. It's so cool. So, she only waters it, like, every week or two, and she doesn't really do anything to it. She just lets it sit there, and she just waters it properly. So, it's getting the right amount of light, and it's getting the right amount of water. So, I just need to learn from her. (laughs) I currently have one sitting away from a, let's see, that is, that room has a south and a west-facing window, so it gets a lot of light in that room. And it's just off of the window, so that room is really bright. And that plant is doing pretty well for me. It's leaning a little bit towards the windows, like it wants to get closer. But it's still doing good, still growing new leaves. So that's the only place I could put it right now. (laughs) So just to reiterate, make sure you're putting this guy in enough light because they'll thrive in those kinds of environments. All the websites that I looked up also said not to put it in direct sunlight. So if you have a like southwest facing window I would not put it there because a good majority of the day that plant is going to get bright sunlight now if you have like a tree blocking the light and it's filtered light but it's like a southwest window then you could definitely do that but I would just be cautious of that because you don't want to end up burning the leaves if it's in too much light all right so let's talk about the necessary watering habits for a dracaena so I did research and I got conflicting answers like every direction I turned. So I'm going to tell you what the websites told me a couple different and then I'll tell you my own experience with it because it matches up with some places. So some of the websites I found said that these plants do not like to be dry at all. They're the tips of the plants will start turning brown. You'll start losing leaves if it's bone dry for a period of time. But on the contrary, there are times where I have overwatered these even in the slightest and I lost a whole like cane off of a plant. So the one website I always keep going back to is Plantarina and I've mentioned it in probably every podcast that I've said. But what she said is that they cannot handle super wet conditions they rot easily if they're overwatered. So she said to let it dry out at least the first four inches or so. Let the, at least the first four inches dry out before you water it. That's probably the direction I would go towards because in my experience, that's the way I needed to do it to keep my Dracaenas alive is just forget about them and don't water them as much and kind of treat them like a succulent or a snake plant where you just don't water them that often. If you overwater them, I have not been able to fix that problem. So I have 
lost multiple leaves like at a time within a week I lost like you know 30 leaves off of a plant and there's no turning back for that within like a week I've lost a full cane off of a dracaena so just make sure you are letting the soil dry out and make sure you have drainage for this plant this is one of those plants that I would not recommend putting in a pot that you do not have drainage for because it's just not good for it and it's almost always bound to be root rot at some point. <laughs> That's what I would recommend. I would also recommend misting these things because they really do like high humidity and they benefit from it greatly. So by misting, you can just simply use a sprayer. I got a couple on Amazon for super cheap. Or if you have a lot of plants and you want to get a humidifier and you want to help out the plants around your Dracaena too, that's another option as well. But if you can't afford to get a humidifier or it's really not worth it, you're in a small space, just get a spray bottle and you can mist them like every other day or every day, whatever you want to do. You can mist the top of the leaf, the bottom of the leaves. You can even mist the actual soil and that will all be good for it. The Dracaena also actually doesn't tolerate salts and minerals in water. So if you have the opportunity to use filtered water, rainwater, or distilled water, it's healthier for it and you might see less browning on the tips and the edges of your leaves on the Dracaena. Now, I do not do that. Unless it becomes a major problem, I'm noticing like the plant is really, really suffering from it. It's probably the only way I'm gonna change that. I also haven't like tested our water or anything, so I don't really know what's in it, but just keep that in mind. If you're having issues with your plant and you're thinking, I'm not overwatering it, I'm giving it the amount of fertilizer, which I'll talk about in a minute, it needs, and I'm, it's in the right light, yet it's still having problems, maybe consider using a filtered rain or distilled water in replacement of just the water out of your tap. Moral of the story for watering, just don't overwater it. Make sure you're letting that top layer dry out before you water it again. All right, so now we're gonna move on to fertilizing needs and some other facts that just didn't fit into the previous categories. Okay, so let's go on to fertilizing. It is actually not necessary to fertilize these guys. According to Plantarina, they recommended feeding once a month during the growing season with fourth strength diluted complete liquid fertilizer or fish emulsion. Or you can use a ridge compost. It acts as a slow release fertilizer and you just kind of mix some on the top of the soil for your plants. Not very much, so you're not crowding the base of the plant, but enough to allow for the extra nutrients to soak into the soil over time. So I do use a regular slow release fertilizer that just has kind of the pellets for fertilizer. I don't use a compost, but the compost does act as a fertilizer as well. So that's what you can do. It's not necessary to fertilize them. The one that I have, I just use the slow release fertilizer pellets. I also use it on my Sansevieria, which is now Dracaena. I gotta remember that. I'm still calling it Sansevieria. That can just be our new common name for it. So I use it on both and it seems to work just fine. So let's go over some of the other facts that just didn't quite fit into the general categories earlier. Um, one, root rot is very, very common with these and I have experienced it several times and I talked about this in the watering section already, but 
the way you know that it's starting to rot is when the canes or kind of like the branches or trunks of the dracaena become soft and they almost feel hollow that's when you know there's root rot happening so you're not there's no turning back with that dude so that's what it will look like another fact is there could be leaf damage if it's put in a cold drafty area so like us in wisconsin i'm not putting this guy anywhere near a front door or a window that might be opened or whatnot the temperatures don't really tolerate anything below 65 degrees Fahrenheit so just keep it out of drafty windows or doors. One of the other facts is that it can produce a flower in ideal conditions. I mentioned it earlier in the landscape side but if your temperature, your humidity, and your sunlight are all ideal it can happen. It may take years, but it's a possibility, people. Another thing to note is that this plant is poisonous to pets and humans if ingested, so just be careful with it and keep your pets away from it or your children away from it. My dog, Bruno, God bless him because he just completely ignores the plants that we have in the house. He just like he just runs through my future mother-in-law's dracaena. Since it hangs so far to the ground, he'll just run through it. And it's just like a kind of like a little game for him. But he doesn't chew on them or anything. And the plant's fine. So whatever. Thank God my dog doesn't eat them. But there are some pets out there that, you know, it's soil. They like to dig in it, eat it, you know. Just be careful with that. Another thing that we didn't mention, and I probably could have made a whole category out of this, but I'll just briefly talk about it is that the dracaenas can actually be propagated. So in my first podcast, I went over how to propagate the snake plant, which is now a dracaena. So that can be propagated just by cutting the leaves off and either putting them in water or putting them in soil. I have successfully done it a couple times, but I have failed multiple times doing it with that plant. The branches tend to rot easily, so it might be better to try to start it off in soil, which I've actually never done. I've only done the water propagating, but I've succeeded twice with the water propagating. I've failed about five times with the water propagating. So the next route I'm going to try is the soil because then it's not just sitting in water. It's at least drying out a little bit in between. The actual dracaenas that have the canes and the branches can be propagated too. So if it's getting too large for your space or it's becoming kind of crazy and you don't want it to be, then you can top it. It might take some time for the foliage to grow back, but it actually will. They'll start producing new leaves and new growth sections that it will start sprouting out from. And you can place the cane that you took off of that plant and propagate that as well. So eventually the cane that you took the plant from will produce new leaves and kind of build a new plant, but the one you just took off the plant can also be rooted. So isn't that cool? So keep that in mind. You can do them both. Obviously the one that you took the top off of, you can't root it in water because it's already in soil. So just leave that one. Just make sure you're kind of taking care of it like you normally would. And with the part of the dracaena you cut off, you can place that in soil and you can root it there or you can place it in water. It might take a couple months before you start to see roots, but eventually you will. And I would make sure you have a really, really big chunk of roots before you put it in its forever home or at least, you know, it's more permanent home. So that way it becomes more established. So isn't that cool? You can propagate those. I actually didn't know that. I knew you could propagate the snake plants because 
I've done it before, but didn't actually know you could top the Dracaena and it'd come back. If I would have known that, I would have tried it earlier, but I've actually never tried it. So just letting you know, it's a possibility. You came here to learn something new. I definitely did. <laughs> All right, let's recap. Sunlight, make sure it's in a bright light and it prefers a bright light even though it tolerates a lower light. And in my experience, lower light means dying plant. So just keep that in mind. If you are overwatering it, you're killing it. So make sure you're allowing the soil to dry out between waterings, not completely, like Plantarina said, the first four inches. You can also get a moisture reader too. I actually don't have one. I, I really want to get one though. I need one. And that will actually tell you if the soil is dry or too moist. That way you know exactly when you need to be watering it. These plants thrive from humidity. So make sure you either have a humidifier near them or even just a spray bottle every other day. That will definitely help as well. Fertilizing is not necessary, but you can do it with a half-strength fertilizer or just adding a little bit of rich compost or a slow-release fertilizer. Those will all do great for it. And keep in mind it is poisonous for pets and it does not like cold, drafty areas. So keep it out of the cold areas, especially if you're in the Midwest like me, where it gets freezing in winter. So just keep that in mind. Thank you so much for listening to the sixth episode of Houseplant Homebody, all about the diverse, colorful, and crazy Dracaena. And this is just a reminder that you can find more at Houseplant Homebody on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube. Or visit my website where you can find all of those links at www.houseplant-homebody.com. And don't forget to join me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts and YouTube episodes, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world, and I can't wait to bring you guys more and more plant bios and info. Don't forget to check back every Tuesday for new podcasts and YouTube episodes. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Glad you stayed because bloopers are next. The tropical Africa or the the tropical Africa? The tropical Africa. Now I can't even say Africa. Oh my God. All right, starting over. So I found some conflicting research when I was doing, when I was going through my plants, going through my plants. They probably all have different opinions too. Let's be real. Conflicting research when I was going through, what was I going through? Oh my God. (laughs) Make sure you have a humidifier. Make sh- No. What am I trying to say? Make- Spray? Sprayer. No, not sprayer. Spray bottle. Ah. Okay. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) Make sure you have a spray bottle. Spray bottle? Humidifier. Both. You could do both. Okay, I am so excited that I was able to get the sixth one out and share more and more information. La, 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 la.